Special thanks to Anchor for distributing my podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Castbox. With my podcast, we're going to be bringing you discussions and personal commentary on music, entertainment, celebrities, politics, love, health, and happiness. So do you want the tea? Well, simply talk with Turk Bish. Just talk with me. I spend time and I spend energy and I spend effort and I spend everything I have, every fiber of my being to give people quality. What's going on, everybody? I am so excited to be back for episode two of Talk with Turk. So we are going to get right into things today. Like I said, first, before I do that, though, I do want to thank everybody for um, participating with my first episode that I had come out. Um, it has been a pleasure for all the feedback that I've getting, you know, um, constructive criticism. I, I really appreciate do appreciate that. that. I love that. And I'm going to take everything that you guys say into consideration to make my podcast one of the best things that I've ever heard and that you've ever heard. And where you get your daily news from, you know what I'm saying? So I want to thank everybody, friends, family, um, haters. People that love me, I love you all, and I want to thank you. We got over 500 views, um, listens for um, my first podcast overall, the platforms that I am up on. And once again, if you don't know, I am on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, and the list goes on. And you can sign up for all of these things. Um, on my Spotify, I will have music time to time. I'm going to be playing some of my favorite songs. There will be two episodes that come out at one time. One that will be with music and the other one that won't be. And, you know, you'll just be able to vibe out with me while we are here. So, now that we are here, I just want to go ahead and tell you what we're going to be talking about. So, we're going to be definitely discussing the basketball wives. Um, so that's the first thing that's up on my agenda. And then we're going to talk about housewives as well. And we're going to discuss the Grammys. And we're going to discuss some few other things that's going on in, you know, celebrity world, entertainment world. So I'm ready. And the first thing, first on my docket is basketball wives. For everybody who has been tuned in, I wanted to wait to give my opinion at the end of the season. And I come to find out last night that it was the season finale. Damn, son. Where'd you find that? That quick? Are you guys kidding me? Like, that's just, that's sad. It really is sad. Um, Now, everything regarding basketball-wise, we do know last season that OG came with the colorism claims and um, she pointed out a lot of things that happened on set and off set in dealing with the franchise and the girls as well. And it really took a toll on the franchise, you guys. Um, it had people like Tammy Roman speaking out on her mistreatment. It had people like Royce Reed, who was once a part of the cast as well, speaking out on some of the things that they endured. And it was very interesting to me that OG came with these claims last season because it's like, 
we haven't seen these things on TV as it was unfolding and happening, but we never as viewers really discussed the things that we saw. We saw a lot of violence. We did see situations where there could be a little colorism um, and there could be a lot of different comments that were disparaging to a lot of different ethnicities. And I really want to give my true opinion. Now, I do believe that there has been some type of colorism in that group especially with miss evelyn lazada we all know that she claims she's afro-latina but allegedly but it just doesn't correlate honey it just doesn't and i really don't like the fact that she does give excuses to why she can say the word nigga or to why she can you know call darker skinned women monkeys and and ugly because all of those things like og said do relate to colorism um also we do know that og has been labeled as aggressive since the last season and that's the narrative that the girls have been running with um especially shawnee who was executive producer who allegedly was given an ultimatum at the beginning of this season to whether or not she would be a cast member or wearing a producer's hat and from the looks of it, it looks like she was a cast member. It doesn't look like she had much say-so in anything that was going on behind the scenes. She might have, but who am I to say that she didn't? But allegedly, that's what have been has been said about Miss Shawnee O'Neal. Um, like I said, OG did make these claims, and it does align sometimes. She brought so many receipts to the forefront of everything that has happened and transpired, not only with her situation, but through the years. And one thing I want to say about this franchise is the production. I want to know, are you on OG's side or are you not? Because one minute you're painting her as the aggressor. And as if what she's saying is just null and void and the other girls are just having a hard time understanding what she's saying. But as a viewer, I've understood it. I've seen it. And she's been saying the same thing over and over and over again. She's been trying to explain to you what she meant when she said colorism. It's, it's now, getting tired now. It just seems me. like they're not trying to understand OG and what she's saying. But um, it just could be as simple as OG. They might not like you, girl. And it's sad that it's like that. But um, I just hate the fact that you're getting this this um negative connotation about yourself we all know when a black woman is portrayed as an aggressor and aggressive um like nikki said before in the past you're going to be labeled as a bitch and nobody wants to be you know around you or talk to you or they're just going to be intimidated by you but i think what it is is og came and gave these girls a dose of their own medicine and that dosage was just a little bit too high, especially for Miss Evelyn. Because there's been people who've came on the cast and show Evelyn, hey, I'm not scared of you. I'm really not scared of you. Like like Royce, Tammy Roman. Um, she's been able to bully people over the years like Jen. Like Evelyn, you remember when you bullied Jen? You remember when you bullied um, Susie at one point and a plethora of other women that have been on the cast. You've just been so negative and I just don't like the way you're handling it. Instead of sitting down, having a conversation with OG, understanding where she's coming from, being able to accept 
what part you may have played in it and be able to change those things. If you feel like you're not a colorist, the least you can do is sit down and say, hey, how did I play a part in being a colorist towards you, OG? Or how do I play a part in colorism within the group? That would make the most sense to me, Evelyn Lozada. I think you should really take a step back and think about these things because it really does make you come off as a person that shouldn't be on TV. You just look ignorant at this point. And that's my professional opinion from what I'm seeing on this cast. Now, OG, you do need to let your guard down, sis. Absolutely. You need to let your guard down and let us in, the viewers and the girls, they really did want to have conversations. It sounded like mine is Shawnee and Evelyn. Well, Shawnee said that she was open to it if OG was going to come to a place of equilibrium with her. But after a while, Shawnee just gave up and she was just like, no, I don't think this is what I want to do. And by the end of the season, we see Shawnee and Evelyn trying to be the damn victims and leave set. And it's just sad that y'all don't want to address this woman face to face. And it's just really sad. And I do understand where OG is coming from. She does have very valid points and she dropped receipts. The rest of those women, they haven't dropped no receipts. OG has dropped voice recordings that has really given us viewers what it really is behind production. Production, you went in and cut a lot of stuff out that painted OG out to be this aggressor and this bad person that's just sad that's really sad i know that's the only word that i can really use because it's really sad that we're seeing your franchise really unravel like this and y'all allow og to do it instead of taking a let me put my big girl panties on approach and apologize and sit down let's talk about it like women and understand what's going on no y'all decided to do two different houses still playing a part in separation from the group like not allowing og to be a part or feel a part and it's just it's just that and i just think that if there is going to be a next season of basketball wives there should be some major rethinking major rethinking about storylines about how to handle this situation because i still as a viewer feel like i'm not I'm not understanding why Shawnee and Evelyn just hasn't apologized or tried to make the situation better. I just don't understand that part. And so, as a viewer, when it comes to basketball-wise, I just want to see a little bit more change. Because y'all have driven Tammy away. You've driven some of the, the best people from your franchise away. Like, Royce was really good when she was up there. Like, y'all drove her away as well. Susie, she's gone. It's just really sad to see that y'all unravel. And y'all tried to do the same thing with Jen. But Jen, she's still standing firm. Even though she's a little off too. She's still standing firm. And I don't and I don't really like the fact that um, the girls still just don't want to be big girls and be adults and talk about it. But beyond the colorism, you know, other things on the cast, like the, the new girls, like Nia... Um, that whole part she's playing in it with Phoebe is really funny to me. Like, did y'all bring Nia in to make OG look bad? Or did y'all try to set this up to still continue to make this girl look bad on camera and make it better for your franchise? Like, that's, that's, 
come on now. I saw through that, and I know the viewers probably saw through that as well, because how all of a sudden the girls have an issue with OG, or, like, they're bringing OG into that drama. That just, that's really funny to me. And, like I said, I'm going to leave it at this note. Basketball wives, go back to the drawing board. And we're going to leave it at that. Now, on to Housewives. Let's talk about it. Now, Housewives, the ratings have been terrible the whole season. They have struggled. And even Cynthia's wedding was the lowest viewed housewife wedding of all time, as we expected, of course. And the way we see things happening now, it's, it's like the tables are turning on them as well. The tables are turning on this franchise as well. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. And I just want to say what goes around comes around. You can't treat somebody one way and and then not expect repercussions or karma. Because karma is a bitch. She really is. The way y'all did Nene and y'all didn't fight for her when she addressed some of the same issues on this cast. And this is in terms of um, Kenya Moore drama, y'all. Like, because, you know, this past Sunday, she was wearing a headdress of Native American. And, you know, that's something that is only worn in celebrations. And... I'm a part of Native American culture as well. I'm not deep in my roots, but I do know that I am Native American as well. And it's just really funny to me that they still allow Kenya to get passes when it comes to this franchise. The franchise goes so far as to sticking up for Kenya and making sure they have her back, making sure she doesn't look bad or she's getting the most interviews. And when this thing hit Sunday, um, when it hit TV and we saw that whole headdress of her wearing that, it, it really took a turn because you had major major broadcasting systems like really reaching out to Bravo saying, hey, this is wrong, y'all need to correct this issue to the point where Bravo went and posted an apology beforehand and they also went and pressured Kenya Moore into apologizing on Instagram and I want to say that that apology was really half ass any celebrity that does an apology through a post on like social media I don't take you serious at all I really don't take you serious and it's it's funny to me I feel like you did the crime live. You need to sit down and apologize live. That's just point blank period. Don't y'all understand? Like, when you do something wrong, you have to take accountability. And that's what's wrong with not even just people we see on TV, but ourselves as well. We need to take accountability as people, you guys, and learn from our mistakes and move forward. She apologized, but that's not good enough for me. That's not good enough for viewers out there. That's not good enough for people who are a part of the Native American heritage and culture. They are still upset by this. And that's not something that's going to go away overnight. But I want to say what goes around comes around. Kenya Moore, you know I already don't care for you. But um, you're good for TV. I will say that. I will not like to see you not be there. But we've had a season without you and it was great. 
<laughs> Remember when she was gone and she didn't tell Bravo about her husband? Yeah. So that season was great without you, boo. We don't need you. But I would hate to see you go. I will say that if that was something that is to happen in the future. But I ain't really trying to pray that people lose their jobs, child. Not out here. Not out here in this pandemic. We know Kenya more daily. Well, is she still a daily? I don't think she is. Kenya Moore is going to need a check. And I know Kenya Moore hair care is not selling like that, girl. <laughs> not selling. You even went into Marlo's party with the whole band. And now look at the table still turning on you. Treat people nice. And nice things will come back to you. And you won't have to worry about stuff like this. But past Kenya Moore... She's been being the villain all season, you guys, and she has been just being very arrogant, very childish, very high schoolish, like going trying to figure out who's doing what in um, a house, like in somebody's room where they should have full privacy. You shouldn't even be sticking your ears around the corner to hear if people are having sex and then trying to figure out the next few days and on from there, who was the culprits? That has nothing to do with you, Kenya. And... It's funny that you were going so hard for LaToya, and LaToya has turned on you. Like, by the end of the season, she's went and told your business to the other girls. She's also admitted that she feels like you are one of those people who has leaked stories to the blogs. And it's like, Kenya, why do you keep coming for Portia? It's like, every time something great happens for Portia, it's like, here's Kenya Moore. Let me figure out how I can be calculated and make Portia look bad again. And then you want to be the victim and say... Um, people always want to make Kenya more out to be this, that. No, stop doing the stuff you're doing. You were supposed to make a change after you had that baby. And it doesn't seem like you made that change, Kenya Moore. Like, all the stuff that be happening on the cast really revolves around you being messy, if you want to be honest. Like, all these girls probably wouldn't be arguing if it wasn't for you trying to make sure people pick sides and trying to make sure people are just loyal to you. And you have your new lapdog, Cynthia, who is kissing your ass all season. And I like to see that Candy is not kissing your ass that much this season and calling you out on your BS since last season. When you ruined Cynthia's engagement party. Yeah. I'm glad to see Candy not kissing your ass as much as she used to. I'm glad she's finally using her brain to call you out on a lot of different things. Now, Candy, you need to speak on it. You have a show called Speak On It. You need to be real. You need to be really real. Tell Kenya that Portia scandal with Bolo and Tanya and Drew Store has nothing to do with her. Now, LaToya, as as far as you're concerned, you keep coming for Drew Sedora. You keep coming for Drew Sedora on TV about her hair, about how the way she looks. Are you insecure Hello. about something? Because it just seems like you just keep coming for her. You kept coming for her all season. And now we're at the almost at the end of the the new season. I think we're about halfway through. They just put out their mid-season trailer and, you know... When that happens, we're almost done with the season. It's time to wrap it up. And they're they're seeing this show in real time now. So most of these confessionals, they don't even see them until the show air. And so a lot of things that's being said and, and allegations that are being put out there, it can be detrimental to people's careers. And it could be hurtful if their family members are hearing it. 
especially from social media and not from them personally. And those girls need to look at that and think about that more often as well because that's that's really crazy that it's reality TV, but reality TV, I feel like, should be to a certain extent. Like, I remember when Phaedra was on the season and she said, I learned that everything isn't TV fathered. So some things I'm going to censor. There's a lot of things that people shouldn't know on TV about my personal life. Do you think the viewers should know, you know, who's getting their legs spread open wide? Like, Kenya, you're claiming it's reality TV and you're on a TV show. People don't need to know that. People don't need to know who's in your bedroom. Just simple as that. And I know I keep circling back to that, but that's what it keeps coming to when I'm looking at this season. It's just like it was a setup that Todd. <laughs> Y'all remember when um, Candy's aunt said that? It seemed like a scheme that Todd set up to come back with you with the bullshit. And that's what I feel like. I feel like, Candy, you were so hurt about this whole sex dungeon when Phaedra did you wrong and lied on you and Portia had a part in it. I feel like you were so hurt. You still making this sex dungeon a thing, even to the point now where it's like this sex dungeon is making Portia look bad now. It turned on her. And if that was you and Kenya's motive, I'm not saying that it was. And I don't want nobody to say that I said that it was. But if that was a motive, that would be real fucked up. And that would be real childish. And that's why, Candy, your name is getting put in this whole T.I. and Tiny thing. But that's a whole different conversation for another time. Which I don't want to speak on that. Because I still don't know much information about that. And I'm waiting just like you guys. Waiting for it to unfold. But as soon as it does, you know, we'll talk about it on here. But... Um, I think that's all I have to say about Housewives, and um, when it comes to reality TV now, as a viewer, I'm starting to just get sick of it, probably. I just think reality TV is probably going away. Now, I do give, um, I do commend networks like Zeus, who are trying to bring back that re true reality TV feel, and... Bring back the authenticity instead of like trying to make up, you know, storylines, this, that, and the third. They are trying to. And I feel like as black people, we need to support our other black businesses. Y'all complain about not having things on, on TV or not seeing things about TV, but we're not taking the initiatives to help people get to that point. Like, I don't want to hear you guys complain about black actors taking roles as slaves. You need to support so that we won't have to take roles like that. And that's just like another um, thing that I was reading about recently um, on Twitter. You know, Twitter is the, the place where people give their opinions and they get certain amount of likes. And they think that tweet is going to change anything in the industry. No, they don't care about what y'all saying on Twitter. These people going to do what they want to do. You have to take action. You have to take action instead of tweeting. Take action. Don't tweet. How about that? How about that? And that's why I'm speaking on it. Because it needs to be said. I understand where y'all coming from. But don't complain if y'all are not taking steps to help things get better. And if we want to continue to see reality TV thrive, we do have to call out the bullshit for y'all to make it authentic and to keep it authentic because i'm tired of seeing situations like colorism and talking about covid 
on reality TV. We know it's reality and we know that y'all are living it too. But some of those things get tired. Y'all shouldn't waste a whole 45 minutes talking about COVID. Go back to when reality TV was just being authentic. Continue to do your your um, precautions from being sick on set or getting sick on set or um, things of that nature and give us quality TV and do it in a way that is not bullying, harassing, or offending anybody's culture, religion, or sexual preferences. And we're going to talk about sexual preferences too because I got some things to say about that um, later. Um, but... That concludes my first segment right now. I know that was a lot of information about, um, so far, what we've been seeing on reality TV. And when I come back, we are going to dive deep -er, into some other topics. So, I also want to um, recognize that I will have a short interview with my health practicum coordinator later on in the episode. And we will be discussing... COVID-19, important questions dealing um, or surrounding COVID-19 that you may have. And I would like all of my listeners to please just tune into that. Get information. We need to get vaccinated, you guys, especially people in the black community. I know in my area in North Carolina, I was reading the stats today, only 9% of the African American community is getting vaccinated right now only nine percent we have to raise that number you guys and we have to get it up there so i'm going to be talking about that later but let's get into our first song for those of you who are listening on spotify if you're not it'll go straight into the next segment um but i want to thank you for listening to this first segment and i will be back Okay, now that we are back, let's go ahead and dive right in and let's talk about the scammies. I mean the Grammys. (laughs) You know, black people call them the scammies, especially when, you know, surrounded by your artists not winning or them really playing your artists in your face. And I don't like Grammy snubs. I don't support the Grammys like that either. I don't believe that having a Grammy is equivalent to being a great artist. I don't believe that because there are so many legendary artists who do not have Grammys, guys. Before Nas recently got his first Grammy, congrats, by the way. I'm so long overdue. The Grammys tried him, but he deserved that Grammy. He was one of them. Before this year, Snoop Dogg, Notorious B.I.G., Tupac. And the list goes on. Bob Marley, you guys. My queen, Nikki. These people don't have Grammys. And I just need people to understand the Grammys have been a platform designed for white people, by white people, who do not have much cultural experience or knowledge about our culture. They just appropriate And decide whether or not they like it. And we as a culture, we have fed into that over the years in terms of 
you know, letting them brainwash us into thinking my artist has to have a Grammy in order for them to be considered a great artist or iconic artist of all time. There is no reason why Mariah Carey, who has spawned over 18 number one hits and over 100 million records worldwide sold, over 10 albums, there's no reason why Mariah Carey, the iconic vo vocal that she is, behind Whitney Houston, of course, there's no reason why she should have only six Grammys. And and I love Beyonce. Let me say that. Hey, I'm not talking bad about Beyonce, y'all. I am a Beyonce fan, okay? I love her. But when we see artists like Beyonce who has set the standard for having the most Grammys by a female solo act of all time, that is great for her. Yes, that is amazing. But if you look at the comparisons and as far as impact, um, why does Beyonce have 20-something and Mariah only has eight? And I just want that to be an example of it is not, the Grammys is not an equilibrium for us to feel like our artist is good or not. Do not correlate those two because there are artists with Grammys who have not put in much work who has not done nothing creatively on their own or has had those type of credits. Um, there are plenty of people like that. There are plenty of people who do not write their music or write their raps who have Grammys. <laughs> there are plenty of people that are represented by the Grammys who are not as vocal talented as we think they are. Or as we think they should be in order for them to have that deserving Grammy. Which I'm not going to say that you're not deserving of winning. But just like that instance when we saw in that time where Taylor Swift beat Beyonce. For, um, you know, best video or best song or whatever the case may be. We knew that was bullshit. We knew it was bullshit, but we still allowed it. We we went past it, and now we're here today where the Grammys are still making these decisions on wins for our people, and it is brainwashing our newer generation and our older generation into thinking, oh, your artists ain't got no Grammy. They ain't shit. They ain't worth shit, or they're not as good as this person because they have this amount of Grammys. And it's people like that who has that mentality that doesn't know music at all, or that doesn't study music or love the art of music. And I'm that type of person. You walk up to me and say, Cardi B got a Grammy, but Nicki Minaj ain't, I'm going to laugh straight in your motherfucking face. Because <laughs> all that stupid that jumped out your throat to say that, is how I'm going to look at you because you know that they're on two different levels and you know one is more talented than the other and one puts in more work than the other. And I'm just going to keep it at, at that, at bay, for what I know. But in terms of the winners, let's just go through the, the winners for that night. For record of the year, Billie Eilish was up against Beyonce, Black Pumas, The Baby for Rockstar, Doja Cat for Say So, Dua Lipa, Don't Start Now, Circle by Post Malone, and Savage by Megan Thee Stallion. And the record of the year went to Billie Eilish, Everything I Wanted. I love Billie Eilish, you guys. 
people compare Billy and um, they compare her to Lord a lot of the times. And they are kind of similar, but I feel like Billy has, she relates more to us. And she says the things that we as young adults think, but we never necessarily know how to say them um, or convey that message. And that's why I like Billie Eilish. So I wasn't upset that she won the category because like I said, I love music. And if I was to go through all of these songs one by one and say which one of these songs deserve a Grammy um, and I don't care about the success I don't care about you know um, you know how much it sold or how commercial it was I would have chosen between Black Parade Beyonce and everything I wanted for Billie Eilish for record of the year because those two songs actually had a theme and they they um they really did like convey a message to the people, and I really like that. Um, but congrats to Billie Eilish for that for record of the year for album of the year. We saw this bullshit coming. Folklore, Taylor Swift. Haven't heard a song from the album. Don't care to. Didn't hear nothing on the radio about her yet Hell from no. Folklore, and I just think that's that's crazy that she won that. But we knew that they weren't weren't going to let her walk away without nothing. And she showed up. We knew she was going to win something. And they gave her album of the year. Once again, another white person wins in this category. As usual, the Grammys make sure of that. The last black person to win that category, I can't even remember who. But I know Adele won it once. And she gave her award to Beyonce. Um, the Grammys didn't count it as giving it to Beyonce. It's still given to Adele, but, you know, Adele did her due diligence and gave it to Beyonce when she went up there and gave her speech. For R&B performance, Beyonce won for Black Parade, and that was up against Janae Aiko, Mahalia, Ty Dolla Sign, Brittany Howard, Emily King, some of those songs I haven't heard, but congrats on that, B. Pop vocal album went to Dua Lipa. Fewer, future nostalgia. Let me tell you something about Dua. When it comes to disco music, that girl is good. And I love disco music. I have a disco playlist that someone sent me recently on Twitter. And I am into that playlist all the time. I love it. My last podcast, I played one of the disco songs from that era, Got To Be Real by Cheryl Lynn. And I love disco music. So I was proud of Dua for winning something. She was up against Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, Harry Styles, and Taylor Swift. For rap song, this caused a lot of controversy controversy in the music industry in terms of rap. Um, a lot of the rap veterans, rap men, were kind of upset. They were speaking out on it on their platforms the next day. Um, Savage won by Beyonce and Megan, of course. Um, it was up against The Box by Roddy Rich, which was a big hit for him. Um, Lil Baby with the bigger picture, a big hit, major hit. Laugh Now, Cry Later, Dirk. Um, that was a good hit. That was Drake and Dirk, but I don't think it was going to win. Rockstar. As well by the baby and Roddy Rich. That was a big hit, but I don't think that song deserved to win either. If anybody was to win, I would have given it to um, either Lil Baby with the bigger picture, the box with Roddy Rich. Um, but I am happy that Beyonce and Megan once again took that. Um, congrats to them for that. 
Song of the Year, the biggest upset of the night to a lot of people. They were upset. Song of the Year get, went to I Can't Breathe with her, Tierra Thomas, um, and Dernst Emil, Emil the second. I can't pronounce the name right, but that's from what I'm seeing. Um, that won against Black Parade by B, The Box by Roddy, Cardigan by Taylor Swift, Circles by Post Malone, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa, Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish, and If the World Was Ending by Julia Michaels. And so that song won against all of those songs and projects, and people were upset about it. I understand y'all were upset, but her has been putting in a lot of work, and she's very talented. Let's just let her have it. Congrats her for that. Um, in terms of, let's see, a mel- melodic rap performance. I almost said that wrong. Um, that went to Lockdown by Anderson and Pack. Um, Rockstar was up against it. Laugh Now, Cry Later, The Box, and The Highest in the Room. For a pop solo performance, wow. They kept snubbing Doja all night that she should have gotten it. The winner went to Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles, but it was up against Say So by Doja, Yummy by Justin, Everything I Wanted by Billy, Don't Start Now by Dua, and Cardigan by Taylor Swift. That should have went to Say So, because every time Doja hit that stage, she gave you a nasty pop solo performance. I didn't see that many head-turning performances from Justin, Dua, Taylor, or Billy throughout the whole year. So that was definitely a snub, in my opinion. Um, for new artists that went to Megan, and she was up against Noah Cyrus, Chica, who's a great female rapper, by the way. She got her start on social media. I was following her on Twitter and Instagram before she blew up, and now she's big, and she's nominated for a Grammy. And that was around the time I hit Twitter. So I'm proud of um, her for at least being nominated. But she, they was also up against Katranada and Noah Cyrus, and Megan won. And Megan has had a wonderful year. Yes, she has. But in terms of chart success, um, she had a number one. Doja did too. But Doja was consistent with her album, continued to stay on Billboard um, the whole entire time. And it's still on Billboard. And it's going to beat Nicki's record in about four weeks. They say if her album doesn't leave the Billboard for the longest charting female rap album of all time it's going to be doja then it's going to be nikki as number two so i'm excited for that if she does pass nikki's record i love doja she's just so reminiscent of nikki to me they're like one and the same to me and i just love them so if i go hard for doja i go hard for nikki vice versa that's it, it is just what it is but Doja, she was definitely snubbed again in the new artist category. She put in a lot of work. Katranata could have also won. He was great. He's done um, his own project. And he also works with a lot of artists and he helps them write. And he works directly with these artists. And those artists that he works with, he even asked them to be on his project. So I think that's very great. So he could have been a great contender too. It would have been between those three for me. Doja. Katranata and Megan, but Megan took it home. And once again, Megan, congrats for that. Um, I think those are, you know, mostly the biggest categories that we saw the night. Everything else, you know, was kind of like um, rock and metal, things that we don't really listen to uh, like that. But 
Once again, congrats to Nas on his first ever Grammy win for King's Disease. Um, I'm proud of him for that. Like, it was well overdue. We all know that. Once again, Megan won rap song performance for Savage with her and B. That was up against Pop Smoke, which I love him. Rest in peace, Pop Smoke, gone too soon. Um, it was up against Dior, The Bigger Picture by Lil Baby, Was Poppin', Jack Harlow, Bop by The Baby, and Deep Reverence by Big Sean and Nipsey Hussle. Um, and let's see, we have Pop Duo group performance as well. Rain On Me by Lady Gaga with Ariana Wong. And the rest of those songs they were up against, they were going to definitely win this if um, if I thought so myself. Um, they were up against Justin Bieber with Intentions, BTS with Dynamite, um, Taylor Swift with Exile. Like I said, I haven't heard nothing from her. So, But congrats on that, Lady Gaga and Ariana, for winning. That was a great collaboration from two pop artists that we needed to see i'm glad y'all did that for the fans um r&b album john legend he took that for bigger love um he was up against luke james for to feel loved and congrats to luke who has been able to keep a steady career throughout the years and he's just so talented i love him and he's amazing he's a great singer and they were also up against Giveon, who also is a great artist. I just learned about him this week as well. And also, we have Gregory Porter and Aunt Clemens. But Bigger Love by John Legend took that. So, progressive R&B album. We have the contenders, Ungodly Hour, Chloe Halle, Chalambo, Janae, It Is What It Is by Thundercat. Robert Glasper with Fuck Your Feelings and Free Nationals by the Free Nationals. And that went to It Is What It Is by Thundercat. Once again, they said that was a snub. It should have went to either Janae or Chloe and Holly. My pick would have been Chloe and Holly. But congrats to Thundercat for winning that. R&B song. Another upset that people were upset about. Her, she won for Better Than I Imagined. With Robert Glasper, Michelle, I can't, I can't pronounce that. But I think that was for a movie. Um, that one against Black Parade, Collide by Sam Barge, Do It by Chloe and Halle Bailey, and Slow Down um, by Skip Marley and Her. So Her was going to either win, probably win either way. From the looks of it from that song. If not, Black Parade could have took that. And I would have been fine with that. Traditional R&B performance. I was excited to talk about this because... Let us see. She won for Anything For You. And that was amazing. Her first Grammy win. I'm proud of Let Us See. She deserves an amazing vocalist. She won for Traditional R&B performance. Um, she was up against Chloe and Halle. Um... Yeba, who's also known as Abby to a lot of people, and Michael Kilgore. So, congrats, Lettucey. I love you, and I'm so excited for what's in store for you for your next project or single. But I think that wraps up the Grammys, you guys. And once again, I want to congrats, give congrats to, I'm sorry, Beyonce for breaking a record at the Grammys is not always every day um, where someone in our culture breaks 
many records. Actually, I'll take that back. We see it all the time. Um, some records are made for people. But that's a whole different conversation as well. And I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer on people's accomplishments. But we do see records being made all the time. But in this case, it wasn't for Beyonce. It was authentic. So thank you and congrats, Beyonce, for delivering quality content to us all the time as fans. We love it. And I'm excited to see what these artists have in store next. Doja said after the Grammys, Planet Her era begins. So there's no more hot pink era. I'm excited for the next era. I know she's going to kill it. I know she's going to slay it. We know that Beyonce is probably going to be working on something after the Grammys. All these artists who have been nominated, they're probably about to go hard and really be in their bag. So we have a lot of people coming back this this year. Um, allegedly, we have Rihanna dropping. We have Beyonce dropping. We have um, Ariana possibly dropping another project. Um, I hope we don't have a Taylor Swift, but Adele is definitely probably going to happen this year, if not this year, top of next year, from reports. So, um, and Nikki, who also, by chance, my queen, has been deemed as the most anticipated album for 2021. But that's if my queen drops her album. They don't know if she's going to drop it or not. So, they can't really say that, but I am anticipating it as well. And it's going to be epic for sure, this era. She has a lot of things coming in with this era, like, you know, her documentary. And we just, you know, recently learned the news about her father's passing. And I want to send my condolences to my queen because losing a parent is hard. And I know she's going through it right now. And I know she's channeling it and putting it into her music. And I can just hope for the best when her next project comes out. But that concludes the Grammy segment, you guys, for today. I am excited. We have had a great show today. Um, the last segment of the of the day will be geared towards public health. And um, I will be interviewing my, my practicum coordinator this year, um, who I have been working under to get things done to graduate. I'll be, like I said, I'll be graduating with my master's of public health. So I'm going to be interviewing him and we're going to be having a discussion about COVID and about public health, um, and answering some of the questions that a lot of people have in regards to where we're living and how we're living right now amongst the COVID-19 and the pandemic. So, um, I'm going to play another song for those of you, like I said, who have Spotify. From time to time, you might hear ads. Um, I have just been approved to do ads, finally, for Anchor and Spotify, so I'm really excited about that. So you might hear ads from time to time, but if not, you'll hear a song if you have Spotify. If not, it'll go straight into the next segment, and I am so excited um, for the results of this second podcast. So here's the next song I'm going to play, and we will be back on our third segment. I'm a bad bitch, fuck the bitch. Bitch gets slick, I'ma cut the bitch. I'm a bad bitch, suck some dick. If that bitch gets slick, I'll cut the bitch. 
All right, so we are back. This will be the third segment before our final segment. Like I said earlier, I will be having a one-on-one sit-down um, to speak with my practicum coordinator in regards to public health and COVID. So that will be the next segment and it will be the final segment. And that will be all um, for the night. But for this particular segment, I want to leave this for like my hot topic section. So it's kind of like everything that's kind of going on right now in the news that you may be hearing or seeing. I know something I wanted to address was... Sharon Osborne, and um, you know, she has been in support of her friend Pierce Morgan that has caused a lot of backlash in um, her as a person, and a lot of people are speaking out on the things that they have endured uh, with her as a co-worker, as a friend, um, a lot of people are speaking out, and I just feel like she should have held um, Pierce Morgan to um, a certain standard. So that this wouldn't have unfolded the way it did. And she also should have taken accountability and listened um, the day that she spoke out on the talk about Piers Morgan and the whole situation. And for those of you who don't know about that, um, he made some disparaging comments in regards to Meghan and Prince, um, you know, the royal family. And a lot of people have been, you know, just in support of the Duchess at the moment due to other mistreatment she's getting because of being um part black and um that situation has unfolded and it has just become very nasty for for Sharon Osborne and I just feel like now Sharon it's time for you to just go ahead and just sit it out you don't need to you don't have to work anymore you're great you're good you don't have any problems it's time to just bow out gracefully at this point so that you don't receive any more backlash that you're already getting. Um, another thing that's going on in the news right now, there's a lot of verses that have been being in talks. So Trina just recently spoke out um, and saying that she wanted to do a versus with Little Kim. So that will be interesting. Now, I can see that happening. I can see her and Little Kim going against each other because um, they have, you know, the... Um, same amount of hits, I would say, that they could do a versus for. So, I think that would be a good thing to hear. It has been confirmed that SWV and Escape are also doing a versus, and that's coming up in May. So, I'm excited about that. Two of my favorite female girl groups of all time are coming together to do a versus. So, I'm very excited about that. Latasha, she confirmed that she did an interview recently. Um, I want to say it was reported by TMZ, um, but do not quote me with that. But I did recently see that, and she definitely did, you know, speak about, you know, what's going to happen. So I'm excited about that to happen as well. Now, let's talk about the Grammys again. So Cardi B and Megan are receiving controversy and complaints from the FCC which is the Federal Communication Commission. And they received around 80 complaints from CBS viewers who deemed the performance offensive, obscene, and pornographic. And so this has stored up a lot of controversy. They're not playing with the Grammys right now. They're upset over this whole performance. And quite frankly, they have every right to be. Now, we've always known the Grammys to be 
looked at as a very, um, how would you word it, upscale type of event. And these white people that are in the audience, they don't want to see that. They don't want to see women bumping and grinding their pussies up against each other. That's just not something they're into. And I can totally understand that. You know, I understand that it's our art form. But at the same time, there has to be some level of class, you guys. Like, we really have to stop being looked at as caricatures. Because that's what they're being looked at as right now. Now, as far as the performance is concerned, many critiqued their wardrobes. Um, one viewer... In Texas called Megan barely dressed in a thong and showed naked look alike legs. Another viewer said that the Grammys need to require the artist not to be performing in any types of sexual acts and require clothes to stay on, not stripping down to bra and panties. And a lot of people are speaking out towards the Grammys and the network and saying that they should definitely face penalties for this. And so and here we go, Cardi B's coming to correlate one thing that does have nothing to do with the situation Stupid. by correlating conservatives and um, Dr. Seuss books and things of that nature towards the situation. Baby girl, that has nothing to do with it. Stupid. Stop being stupid and shut up. Let your label take care of everything else like they've taken care of you before. They've taken care of you before as far as everything concerning your career. And they pay for everything else to get done. Let them do this, Miss Thing. She so she decided to correlate two things against each other, and um, people spoke out towards her as well. Um, more conservatives started to speak out. She got into it with um, Candace on Twitter recently as well, which Candace read the fuck out of her. She's a Republican. She read the fuck out of Cardi B, and she made Cardi B look even more dumb than she already looks and sounds and she made her look ignorant she educated her as well on her own shit and her own supposed to be culture which is not black culture by the way she's not black so let's just keep that in there but um they've received backlash from this performance and i definitely do think that um the grammys need to take a look and see what they're doing wrong and make adjustments as concerned. Now, we have Keisha Cole who announces her retirement. Um, she took to Twitter to let her followers know that she just feels like it's about that time to go ahead and let that career go. And, you know, Keisha Cole has always had a coasted type of career over the years. She's been able to maintain, but she hasn't been able to be back on top like she once was in her first few albums. Um, but Keisha, I don't think you should retire. I think you should continue to make music. Hello. We love you for being you. So um, make make those love songs, those sad ballads again that made us fall in love with you. And we'll draw you back in. Coachella is moving to April 2022, you guys. So, for those of you who love music, you know there's going to be a big concert. We're probably going to be back, back out there in these concerts amongst each other again. So, that's coming very, very, very soon. So, you guys gear up for that. Um, now, recently, I did read about how Nikki's mother... Files for a hundred and fifty dollars million lawsuit against the driver and um in her father's hit and run death, 
and they filed the suit in the Supreme Court of the state um, on Friday. The attorneys did, so Mrs. Carroll did that. So I do believe that um, he does deserve justice for what happened, being that the man hit him and just drove off. And apparently the man that hit him has money, so they might get a little payout, and then the rest of it might come from, you know, um, the state and you know how that how that's done I'm not really sure how all that works if the person doesn't have that much money but I do know that you get your money either way and I think when things go up to the Supreme Court it's a whole different type of level so if you know any information about you know how the legal side works you guys you can always leave a comment on my page on my anchor page you can leave a message and I'll play that and we'll resurface it and um and I just want to make sure that I'm giving accurate information about different things. Now, recently we've also seen in the headlines, Quavo and Saweetie. That is so sad. Quavo, you're sad. You're pathetic. You cheated on this woman and you tried to turn the narrative around on her. And now you're doing little petty things like taking her car. You're trying to make diss songs towards the woman. Like, just let it go. She made you look stupid once she said, take care. They started making take care memes of her, like from Drake's album, putting Sweetie on the cover. Like, I think she basically one up you with this whole situation. It's either for you to either have been a man, apologize, and, and accepted what you did wrong, and just been able to move forward, or make yourself look stupid, which you did. Absolutely. Um, I also recently saw that the baby and. Lil Baby will be doing a collaboration album as well. So that's going to be exciting to hear. I know that um, it will be good. It will definitely be good. They're they're great. They're talented. Jamie Foxx, he's going to be playing Mike Tyson in a limited series. So we should be out on the lookout for that too. You know, Jamie Foxx can play a role now. And he can sing too. That man is talented. He can do it all. He can do it all. And he still looks good at his age. Still looks good at his age. Um, some other things that's been going on, like NBA Youngboy being arrested, you guys. Um, I don't know much about that situation, but he's been taken into FBI custody. Um, now, I can tell you what Wrap Up reported. There's arrest footage that shows police use helicopters to circle him. Um, and the mother of... Young boys arrest. Yaya shared the reaction um, of what it has been like um, as far as Kentrell, who is NBA Young Boy, being in jail. So they're trying to make sure that he gets out and be able to, you know, continue his career. NBA, I hope I hate that you, you know, fucked it up. You know, most of these rappers. They're out here doing stuff like that, you guys, and it's sad. It's sad that we still see that happening. Um, instead of y'all just creating your art and giving the fans what they want, you're out here making stupid decisions, stupid and irrational decisions that are costing your careers at this point. Um, and I think that's all that I have for you guys today in Hot Topics as far as right now. Um a few other things you know i want to highlight um 
you know, Bruno Mars, you did amazing and exceptionally well at the Grammys. I really loved that Silk Sonic performance. I love the idea of that group being put together. That song is amazing. Um, and just keep going from there. Like that that's that's lit to me. I love when artists can just make a reminiscent song of oldies music. And just give us those feel-good vibes again. And I got every last bit of that from his performance, from, you know, the new song and the new group. So I'm definitely loving that. And we're still seeing things happen and unfold with the Kirk Franklin situation and his son, you guys. You know, there's been some talks of abuse, sexual abuse happening um, and we just still waiting for that story to unravel. Recently, one of Kirk Franklin's sons, um, significant others, apparently, or friends, leaked some footage of him admitting um, that to them and saying that, you know, you're playing my predator's music. Why are you doing that? And it is still not to been confirmed that if that was his son or not in the video but that's what's being reported right now um in you know topics hot topics and the last thing that i want to leave off with today which was a big thing that i have been seeing in media now for everybody who knows Dwayne wade's son um son who is now his daughter who's transitioned she's transgender him and gabrielle unions they have a child now, and a lot of celebrities are speaking out um, and not in agreement with how they're parenting and their lifestyle. Claudia Jordan was one who did not accept the lifestyle um, and the decisions that they're making as parents. You have Boosie who has speaking out, and you have a plethora of other different um, people who are speaking about out about the situation in terms of celebrities, and I feel like... That is not your place to speak on someone else's child. You only speak on your child. Like, why are y'all going around and continuing to create these stigmas against people who are transgender? Because that's what you're doing by stupid, um, kind of closeting off the idea for the black community to open up to the LGBTQ plus lifestyle, as well as transgenders. They get a lot of flat and a lot of people who transition and want to come out and tell their families these, you know, how they feel inside and how they feel like they're not in their correct body. They're not able to do that because they're scared of getting pushed out and getting thrown out of their house. And we have two black, you know, people who are in our community who are supporting their child, who are showing people how it is supposed to be, how it's supposed to look like, what good parenting looks like. Because you're not supposed to say negative things to your child. You're supposed to listen to them and allow them to make their own decisions. And when I, f I feel like when it comes to transgender issues, only people who are going through those issues really can have an opinion. And that just goes for anything as far as having an opinion. If you don't know nothing about it, don't give your opinion. If you haven't lived or been in that experience, don't give your opinion. Because you're still creating narratives for people to continue hatred for a specific population that should be accepted and embraced for who they are. 
Because once again, there's a lot of people who commit suicide, who do drugs, all because they're not accepted and all because there is a negative connotation behind the decisions that they make. So I want to congratulate Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union for doing a great job in parenting and showing the black community what it is like and how parenting should look like. So y'all are doing a great job with Zaya and I am still loving the transition and how um, more self-aware she's becoming as a woman now, um, as a little girl, as a young girl. But after a while, she'll be a young woman and we'll be like, okay, we looked and see how their parents treated them and she's living a great life. We're going to see that unfold in the future. She's going to have a great life. She's going to go on to be great. I already know it. And and just leave your opinions to yourself if you're going to be ignorant. That's just all I want to say in regards to that. Just like little mama. And we're going to leave it off with this. You need to retire. Because you're going out here creating um, these uh, a straight alliance group towards anti-LGBTQ plus bullying, do you know that that is continuing to create stigma for us once again in the LGBTQ plus community? And that's allowing more doors to be open for them to be shut right in our faces. And for people who do not accept our lifestyles to hate us even more. And so I just got really heated about those things that's been happening in media and they're being talked about as if our community is a joke. And we are not a joke. And I just feel like things need to be said. Things need to be done. And if for any reason, anybody who I have named, checked, or called out for anything that has been transpiring in the media, you feel some type of way. If you happen to hear my podcast, which, you know, the chances of that might be a little slim to none right now, being that I'm just starting. But if you do, leave me a message in my anchor box and... Tell me how you really feel. And that goes for anybody. But I want to conclude this segment now. Um, We're going on a long show today. The last segment of the day will be my interview with my public health practicum coordinator. And I'm excited once again um, for this journey. And I want to thank you guys for listening. Once again, I'll play another song. We'll come back with the last segment. And we'll play a song. And then that's it for today. I want to keep you know, reminding you that the end is coming for this episode, but it has been such a great day and a great episode. I'm just loving to create right now and I'm just loving to talk. And so I'm not going to talk anymore. Next song coming up here. Young money. We were required to do a 120-hour practicum, also known as an internship to most. I decided to do it with my mentor, Corel McRae, whom also serves as my preceptor for this semester. He's also a public health professional, and I just want to bring him in. Mr. Corel, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. How have you been? I've been pretty good, Darian. Have you been getting through this whole COVID well, I live and breathe COVID every day. Every day. <laughs> How does that look for you? Oh, okay. So, um, I'm a for the state of North Carolina. I'm a senior program manager on the COVID response team. And so, basically, what I'm responsible for is the ground operations, 
um, for the vendor liaisons that um, coordinate the testing on the ground mm -hmm. and I also lead the historically marginalized populations testing work stream that kind of provides the technical assistance and the leader and direction to where we need to have COVID and now that we are moving into the area and the arena around vaccine that is moving along the vaccine strategy and allocation and so um I'm involved in the vaccine allocation process as well, from the distribution to allocation, getting shots in arms. So, yes, I live and breathe COVID <laughs> every day. And, and I know it, it can be like, stressful. Yes, I feel like I work 24-7. I've not slept since the pandemic began, like in a regular pattern. So, but it's fun. I love it. I love it. Of I, course. I, I, I love it. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good to hear a little bit about yourself. Um, I just want to explain to all my listeners a little bit of what our objectives together this semester on my project is. Um, so what I have been doing, you guys, we want to focus on how we can promote health. That's one of the main things that we have been talking about this semester. Um, that's what my project is focused around, how to be able to engage the community, get them the resources that they need, and convey the messages that are not understandable to most when they're at home. And that's our job as public health professionals to be able to do so. So a few ways that I wanted to do that in my project was to do a creation of a website that will consist of multimedia content about public health and community news. I wanted to make sure that I do it on this podcast as well. So, of course, through the different platforms that we have um, for the plat for the podcast, excuse me, um, people are going to be able to listen and hear the news about COVID, about any type of health information that is on the news and that is very privy to what we need for our everyday lives. Um, not only are we going to be looking at it from a social media um, stance, but we're also going to be looking at hosting, attending, and streaming workshops and webinars consisting of educational sessions and news updates within the spectrum of public health. And we're going to make sure we collaborate with different community-based organizations and nonprofits. And I am under the leadership of Corel at The Recode, and I just want him to talk about um, The Recode's initiatives and a little bit about the organization. Okay, yes. So I'm I'm really excited to have Darian. So um, Recode is acronymic for um, Research Community Development, and you can go to therecode.com. And that's T-H-E-R-E-C-O-D-E dot -E -E com. Um, so what we're really focused on is creating social and, um, and mobile uh, mobility in the community to better understand and, and give credence and access to education, health and care, and really just separating out what health and care looks like. For individuals and so that's what the the recoders initiative is about and they're really just really um, getting into what community engagement is and how you speak to those that don't don't necessarily understand COVID and the nuances of COVID or the nuances of per HIV mm -hmm. or that's the right. nuances of you know what does harm reduction mean protecting your pink parts right. all of that good stuff what does harm reduction mean in the era of COVID because we do know that mental health um, mm -hmm. is a thing 
and sometimes COVID has and it does get in the way of making allowing us that um, connectivity that we need so that's what the recode is all about really helping communities clinicians particularly understand the lived experiences of historically marginalized populations and those lives that they have not lived and what that looks like um, if you're trying to meet the community where they are and not where you want them to be. That's right. And that's right. That's very important. So I'm glad you did say that. And that's why I want to um, explain a little bit of our objectives that we have this semester. And that's coordinating events between community health partners, which are CBOs, community-based organizations, nonprofits, and federal and government-based organizations also create program management activities for choices childhood obesity intervention using community engagement and also planning community events and giving deliverables such as the social media and marketing for health events so i just want to go back to what you were just saying um what can you tell the people that are at home who are living with disabilities already such as you know maybe uh, diabetes or um, HIV in terms of COVID. What are the correlations between COVID and people who are already living with other circumstances? Oh, wow. That is definitely um, something that we, we talk about every day. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that is just important for folks to understand is just be be honest about, you know, with where you are and getting help and care and treatment and getting linked to care. Mm-hmm. Um, we understand that access is a barrier and so we are also understanding that um, the access points to health and care itself is often not available when the people who needs care and treatment Mm -hmm. needs care and treatment Um, if we're talking 8 to 5 my folks historically marginalized populations communities they they are not available at those business hours Mm -hmm. so we have to do better on our end as clinicians and professionals in terms of making sure that access points to care and treatment is there um and also help those understand that are at home that look do what you can where you can you know there there is no you don't this is a sprint you know it's not a sprint you know what i'm saying just really take your time um and getting the care and treatment that you need and really seeking out those folks around you Mm -hmm. to be to help you where where that is and and really being honest about yourself about that because everybody around you might not be for you so (laughs) Mm -hmm. really understand your network (laughs) now with my degree you know in public health as yours as well Um, We talk about the social determinants of health. Um, Could you explain to the listeners a little bit about that as well? You know, the social determinants of health. What do our listeners need to know about that? What is the importance? Um, Yeah, so one of the things that when you're talking about the social determinants of health is really addressing those barriers to health and care and access being one but another that we know is transportation mm-hmm. particularly in our rural communities and our very and some in our urban communities and what the barriers to transportation looks like in your area and that is something that we are trying to get clinicians and providers to better understand mm-hmm. is that because the treatment or care is there does not necessarily mean the people will come right 
transportation is a barrier and really helping them understand that barrier to care and linkage to care um, is an everyday struggle and process but you know right. stronger together right mm-hmm. that is true now um, another thing that we have talked about a long time ago you know I had an experience um, in the public health field where there were a lot of physicians clinicians who did not know you know the lifestyles of the LGBT plus community and they were making a lot of decisions and things of that nature surrounding us, but they didn't get the input from us. And I want, you know, my following, which is, of course, LGBT. I have a lot of listeners who are. I want them to know, you know, what is the importance of, you know, putting your foot in the door for public health and speaking up for us so that, you know, these clinici- clinicians and physicians don't just be making Right. Judgments for us. Yeah. So one of the things I I really do and I really enjoy doing is helping clinicians lean in on conversations and helping them understand lived experiences of lives they have not lived. Um, I don't expect a straight black woman to understand the lived experience of a gay black man. Mm -hmm. I don't hold the expectation of a, you know, someone who is native american to un- to not understand mm-hmm. you know what those effects are in mm-hmm. social determinants of health um how that affects them i i don't hold anybody to those expectations but what i do encourage and le- and want clinicians to do is to learn from your patient right learn from the people you're serving mm-hmm. um listen to what their needs are and understand that everybody is not where you think they should be right and it's not always necessarily that they don't care or they don't you know they don't understand or they don't get it and there's sometimes i just have to help clinicians understand depression does not care Mm -hmm. that you need to take your medication depression doesn't care that you know you're not in treatment that's true um so getting them to understand that piece is one of the things that i really have to help I really like to focus in on you know when I'm working with them that's good that's good and I like to hear that because you know like I said there's a lot of situations in which we do need to say they need to understand us and I think that's very important you know for our listeners to definitely hear you know you can make a difference you know you have a voice so make sure that you use it um, because most of these things that's out here, they're not for us. Right. It might be, you know, for us from them, but it's really not for us because they didn't get information from us on our lifestyles. So I want to, I think that is very important. Um, one thing we also talked about that has been in the news lately is vaccination um, resistance. Okay, so yeah, so if you, it's okay. So first of all, I would just say, you know, it is it is okay that if you are a little hesitant about getting the vaccine. I completely get it. I completely understand, you know, if you look at it, you know, they put it in the microwave and they took it out and now they want you to take it. I get it. Right. So well, one of the things I, I think is helpful in understanding it's just what vaccine production is and what and I think that's something that we kind of maybe can have another segment and really talk about. Okay. Um but the vaccines are safe. They are effective and they are they all prevent disease severe disease and death. And I think that's the one thing that I want 
everybody to understand or take away from this mm-hmm. is that the vaccines prevent hospitalization and death. Right. And that's something that we're, that's something what vaccines are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so also just to kind of put it in context, you know, we had, we have had flu shots that have been 60% effective. These vaccines are 95 and upwards 80%, upwards 80 and 95% effective in some in their clinical trials. Yeah. So they're safe and effective and they prevent you from dying. Mm-hmm get vaccinated (laughs) and i think that's a good way to go ahead and end this on out i think it's very important that everybody get educated if you don't know something go out and research and once you do research if you don't understand it find someone who is in that particular line of work um if it's public health that you need information on of course you can always find public health professionals anywhere Sometimes it might not be easy depending on, you know, where you are geographically, but, you know, you can always find out information. The Internet is everybody's best friends these days. So we see just do not believe everything you see on WebMD all the time. I promise you guys are not going to die if you look at information. Sometimes we all are a little, you know, hesitant about our health. And I want everybody, like I said, to just, you know, become educated research and i want to thank you corel for coming in today and speaking on um conversations in health um the name of this segment i thought it was really cute was covid combos and i think it was really cute you thought it was cute yeah, i like that <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> so yeah that's the that's the name of this segment so once again thank you corel all right today has been great today's episode has been a success i am so grateful once again thank you for everybody listening please go like share subscribe and listen whenever you want my next episode will come out in the next two weeks maybe one week just depends on how i feel and um you know my free time of course i'm doing this around my free time around school and work and other business that I have taken care of. So I will make sure to be on it and be dedicated um, for this first season. And I want to give a couple of shout outs before I do go. I want to shout out to Chelsea. Um, She did my makeup on um, my last shoot that I was going to be doing. Um, Chelsea J. Callens. You can find her on Facebook. She's a local um, makeup artist here in the area. Um, as far as her Instagram is concerned, you can follow her at and let me find that for you guys. Give me just a second. Um, I'm sitting here looking on my messages because I have a lot of those. I'm always on Instagram. Um, and I'm always on Facebook. So you can find her at underscore underscore OHCC. And you will find her there for her work. She is amazing. She has a great spirit. Um, I want to thank you, Chelsea, for all of your hard work um, and helping me get that done for a project. And that concludes today's segment so you guys be blessed remember you are loved and remember do you want the tea well simply just talk with turk bitch just talk
with me. Patty, I see you too. This what y'all been wanting. This what they waiting for. Okay. <laughs> Next text, say Onika. I got more slaps than Aretha. When you lose the queen, niggas friendly, dog. It was just back to back like Wembley, dog. Now you all the way back up in the Bentley, dog. I turn lemons into lemonade, simply, dog. Oh boy, yeah, my brother tried to end me, dog. I, I, I heard they looking for the Omi. A couple of you niggas still owe me. You asked for the goat, so they sent me, please. Trying to lay low, don't tempt me, please. 30 in the clip will be empty, please. You bitches to my sons, learn your A's and B's. Lead a hate train in the station, please. I was in the court, no J's and B's. Made a change of mind in the judge chamber, please. The max on the line, I ain't talking about the PC. I'm the biggest fish in the pan, I'll do you greasy. All he gotta do is call him in my t-shirt and my drawers. Face down, ass up, I'm already on all fours. Suck his dick through his shorts, then I ride him like a whore. I mean a horse, I'm a boss. Yeah, I got the juice and I'm taking him on the tour. Imitating Nikki while your ghostwriter dissing me. Leave for two weeks, I got all of my babies missing me. Never gon' fall, never not gon' ball. And I keep my nigga busting like a Draco. He always come back, big Draco. Still going bad, don't you stank ho? So I had to um get back in my bag. I might drop a freestyle every um week till the thing thing come. The label hit me, said they want the fifth thing thing. I got in the studio, I did the fifth thing thing. And then they said, you know, it's time to drop your single. I said, no. You know, radio already tried to blackball the bitch. It's all good, cause when you a legend, when you legendary, you shine no matter what. They get compared to me no matter what. They asked for the goat, so I came through, bitch. But look, on some real shit, I'm about to go on tour with um Juice World in Europe. Shout out to my fans in Europe. Um, I'm fucking three to four times a day. I'm feeling real good. I'm rehearsing for the tour. You know what I'm saying? Pussy feeling real good right now. Pussy like ball, like really bald right now. Like because I just be keeping that shit so bald and so that should be so wet. So oh my, you know what? Hey yo, shout out to my bad bitches though. All my bad bitches know. All my bad bitches know what's good. I got you though. Southside Jamaica Queens. Southside Jamaica Queens, nigga. Heavy on 